You're listening to the Finding Enough podcast with Jessica Joy Holt, where we will be exploring stories and journeys of how we can find we are enough within ourselves, as well as meditations, mental resets, and more. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little different than we've done it before on this show. I want you to imagine that we're sitting around a campfire together and I'm just sharing stories with you from this two-week road trip that I recently took with my boyfriend, my partner, Matt, as well as things that I learned from it and things that I was reminded of um, from lessons along the way. So this first episode that we're going to be doing this, I'm really going to be talking more about Colorado and Utah and then diving into the rest of the trip on other later podcasts. So to start, I will go into a little bit of background into planning this trip. It was kind of a big deal. We had wanted to go west earlier in the year and it just it had fallen through because of other like commitments and finances and COVID unsurety, all that kind of stuff. So we decided to take two full weeks to do a road trip. Also because I have had crap luck with planes as of late. So we were like definitely road tripping and going to camp out of the car as much as possible was the plan, which is something I absolutely love to do. I used to live out of uh, Tacoma when I had that for a few years and it was a dream for me. I loved doing that. So any chance that we get to road trip somewhere and camp out of the car, I am usually completely for uh, I always have my toolie on the top of my car because it holds all my adventure gear and I just never moved out of my car is basically how I see it. So this road trip, um, it was really fun to put together and it held together for Colorado, Utah, Oregon, which I'd never been to Oregon before. It's one of the three states I hadn't visited up to this point. And then over to Montana and Wyoming. So today, again, like I said, we'll be covering Colorado and Utah. So we left Ohio and drove basically straight to Colorado because we had a nice cozy setup in the back of the Subaru that I now have. And some of the things that make that really easy, by the way, if you are driving cross country, a mattress topper, folding that in half and putting it in the back of your car or truck, super cozy setup for that. Um, as well as making sure you have a big old container for water. I have a five-gallon jug that I almost never take out of my car and just I refill it anytime I go to a mountain spring or anything like that. And that is a huge help to kind of just keep hydrated on those trips, which is really important. Again, the Thule is just a no-brainer for me. It holds all of our adventure gear and leaves so much extra room in the car, which is so nice. Um, and then, of course, the nice investment into coolers for good, food, healthy foods and snacks on the road because that does, again, the convenience is key here to stay healthy and happy on this long trip. So, again, we drove straight to Colorado. And when we got to Denver, it was really cool. Matt had never really been there before. So we got to explore a little bit around to show him things. And the next day we got to go on the, a beautiful hike just right outside of town. And that's one of the things that I just, I've always loved about the West. You don't have to go very far to be completely immersed in nature. And so that was one of the first things that we just made sure we were doing was immersing ourselves as much as possible in the nature around us because living in Cincinnati, you don't get to do that quite as much. Um, and especially the mountains out there. Love it. 
So from there, we got ready for our Red Rocks entertainment of the night to see Lewis the Child. This was our belated one-year anniversary present for ourselves, and it was amazing. Now, if you've never been to Red Rocks, it's one of my favorite venues. I've been there over a handful of times now, and I'll kind of go over the story of the first time there. It's not a great story. It was a big, big learning experience for me. The very first time I went there was back in 2015. Yeah, 2015. And I um, was in a brand new relationship just out of college, very naive to the world. And before going to the concert, uh, it was reggae on the rocks. I was asked if I wanted to partake in some Mary Jane stuff. And I, being my naive young self, was like, oh, I'll just do a little bit of everything and be fine. Thinking it was like alcohol. If you just take a few sips of things, like you're going to be fine. Um, so I did a little bit of a bowl, a little bit of edibles, a little bit of a bong, a little bit of dabs. You can see where this is going. I was over the moon in another world. So that in itself was rough. The second thing is, again, if you've never been to Red Rocks, it's amazing. It is a beautiful natural amphitheater for the most part, tucked into the mountains that you have to hike to. <laughs> so I did not know this. And I was in wedges, so basically heels, and a dress, and again, on another planet, and had to hike up this mountain into the amphitheater and it was just, I don't really remember much of that night, to be honest with you, because I was so gone. So that is exactly what you don't want to do when going to Red Rocks. And what we did this time around, again, I was much more prepared and aware. And it was an absolute blast. We got to actually get seats in the second row, which I'd never done there. So I made Matt run to the top so he could appreciate where we were. Because when you get a little bit farther up from the stage, you can actually see over the stage into Denver and you're surrounded by the Red Rocks and you can see the city and it's just beautiful. I highly recommend it. Googling, looking at that if you've never seen what it looks like because it's just outstanding. So that was a just an awesome intro to Colorado for Matt really and a wonderful remnants for me. I had lived in Gunnison for four years. So this was just really nice to kind of get back into the Colorado mountains. And I also noticed how much healthier I felt while I was there. Um, one of the big things I really learned on this trip was tuning back into my body and listening to my intuition. And over the past year and a half, since I've moved back to Ohio, I've had consistent migraines and headaches uh, that I have not had an answer to as of yet as to why they've been there. Now, when we got to Colorado, though, they were gone. Even after all that long driving and hiking and loud music being in the second row, um, I was totally fine. And so it just, it's really interesting what, if you pay attention to what your body's going to tell you. And that was, like I said, a lesson that I continue to learn. The next day after our concert, we headed over to Moab, Utah, which is my home of homes. And it was just so good to see that area again and get to see some of my friends and get to play outside. Um, our, it was really intriguing to me, I should say, that... <laughs> When we first got there, we went to Willow Springs, which is a free camping area just outside of town, and I had camped there a lot. And so this it was no brainer for me for us to go there. And we parked the car, we got a shaded spot, so you know, really living life well out there in the high desert cuz those are not easy to come by. 
Um, and I unroll my yoga mat and I'm doing a practice and I just felt so in tune with myself. And during that meditation at the end of my practice, I got like this feeling that we should not stay there. Like we absolutely should not stay there. So I made Matt pack up like what he had been unpacking. I threw my stuff back in the car and we were drove into town. And for the first time ever, I bought myself and Matt a hotel room, um, to stay in Moab. I'd never done that before. I've just like always camped or stayed with other people. So it was a kind of an, a strange feeling for me, but I, I've, again, like I said, learning to listen to your intuition and something that kind of makes me really proud that I did, um, is there's been a few things happening around that area lately. Um, if, for those of you who do not know, just a few weeks before Matt and I got out there, there was a double murder of a newlywed uh, couple. And they were locals in Moab. And the murder has still not been solved, but they were at their campsite. And they were shot to death. So there's some speculation as to what has happened, but there's not been a complete answer as of yet. And the other thing that I kind of sets me on edge is after we got back from our trip, I saw a video actually of a girl who was there she claimed it had just been a few days before Matt and I, because it was just like a little bit after Gabby, Petito, and Brian had been in town, which was, again, just like a couple weeks before us. So she was there just a few days before us, and she was camping in the Willow Springs area, which is, again, where Matt and I were going to camp. And she said that on her second night camping in there, her and her friend were woken up in the middle of the night because there was a man shining a light into their tent. And when they confronted him, he was very startled very creepy. And he drove away and the way he had to drive away actually like shined his lights on their tent. And so they didn't believe his story. They had told him that he didn't see them there again, because he was also shining his lights in the tent. Um, so it just kind of set up more red flags as to there seems to be some crazy stuff happening right now in those areas. And I want all of my friends out West to stay safe all of the travelers, all you females, especially just continue to listen to your intuition, stay safe out there because you just don't ever know. And humans to me are the scariest. When I did live out of my truck, I would get questioned on if I was scared, you know, camping by myself. And honestly, the more in nature I was, the less scared I was. It was when I was around a lot of people that made me nervous because people are just so unpredictable. So learning to listen to yourself, again, huge part of this trip for me. Uh, the next day, we woke up at 4 a.m. and did our hike to Arges National Park. Uh, well, we didn't hike to National Park, I should say. We drove to the National Park and did the Delicate Arch hike, which I've done once before, um, and, and it was also a sunrise hike. So I had a little bit of an idea of what we were getting ourselves into, but that was years ago. And something you should know about the Delicate Arch hike is even though it's one of the most popular, it is not easy. Um, and we were also doing it in the dark with our headlamps that happened to start dying about halfway into our morning trek. So there was only one other person in front of us on the trail. We're trying to follow their headlamp as it bobs in and out of sight, but it didn't take long for us to lose them too. So we were trying to figure out a way how to find the trail because we couldn't see it. We couldn't find it. And again, it was dark. We ended up finding some footprints. And so we followed these footprints all the way over to the arch 
And we realized that it was on the wrong side. So there's two sides of the arch. One where you see everybody taking the side of like the beautiful picture with the mountains in the background. And there's the other side that is a very steep slope and actually somewhat dangerous. So that was the side that these footprints led, led Matt and I to. Luckily, we're both pretty athletic. So we were able to get to the other side without too much issue or problem and have a good laugh and, and about bonding experience, right? Because difficult times make for good bonding. So we got back to that and everything. And it was just such a beautiful sunrise seeing the sun light up all the colors in the valley. I absolutely recommend it. But you know, staying on trail (laughs) if you do make it out there. The rest of the day, we spent just seeing arches. Again, Matt had never been to arches. So that was just really fun to share that with him and for me to reminisce about a lot of the times I had spent there in my life and then spending the night with friends and the next day climbing on Wall Street with some friends and just catching up with some amazing, amazing people out there. They always help me kind of set my soul right again and remind me a good part of who I am and why I love doing what I do. So that was a great soul refresher, seeing my friends in Moab. And as a lot of hikers, probably, I would assume a lot of you guys do this. So when you're walking on a hike or anything and you see, like you can see footprints that you're walking with, I often wonder about who could have caused them, what their life was like, where they're like, just about that person and something that's kind of eerie. And I have no way of actually like solidifying this as proof, but we've all heard about the Gabby Petito case to some degree at this point. And something that kind of creeped me out was there was a lot of similar stops on their trip and mine and Matt's, and they were just a few weeks ahead of us. Of course, we did not know this at the time. Um, But upon returning back and diving into her case, because I I can relate so much to her um, with what she shared and also her van life, the fact that she was clearly in a narcissistic relationship. I've I've been in all of those steps. So I, I looked into her case quite a bit more than I usually do. Um, and something that caught my eye was her picture at Delicate Arch. And I read the, what she had posted and she talked about how her and Brian had on purpose taken the hike to the sketchy side of the arch. And again, that lit me up because I'm like, whoa, that is very likely the footprints that we followed. So even though I have no genuine way of proving that that was, in fact, who we were following, the footprints of, um, it just gave me another connection to her. And it reminded me of the time when I was in that relationship that was narcissistic and toxic for me um, and how I felt. And I could see a lot of that on Gabby's face in the cop video in Moab and I was in Moab a lot of the times where I was in this relationship. So it was kind of a, a reminder for me for how far I've come and how easy it is to be in those positions and be grateful for where we are in our journey and just how far we've come, even if it doesn't always seem that far and what you've learned. Because there's so much to learn from every person that we encounter. So learn what you can from each other, right? And understand like the lessons that we can get from each other along the way. So those were some things, again, that came up for me during this trip. And then the next day we drove up to Salt Lake City because from there we were heading to 
the salt flats, which I had never been, but oh my gosh, give it a Google if you don't know what I'm talking about, or you can check it out on my Instagram account um, because it is just insanely such a beautiful, neat area in the world. So our plan was to get more sunrise photos on the salt flats. And we had it all planned out. Um, I even looked into it a few weeks beforehand to make sure there were no events because people will do races uh, with cars, motorcycles and whatnot on the salt flats. And it didn't say anything about an event. So we wake up at four, we drive for an hour and a half, get there. And sure enough, there is apparently an event going on. So we were not allowed to actually drive on the salt flats like we had planned but we could walk as long as we didn't interfere with the event or get, you know, hit. So <laughs> grateful for that. So we got dressed up and walked our way out into the salt flats. And then we ran into another issue that we noticed as it got lighter. So I'm sure many of you are aware of the fact that there are many wildfires going on in the world these days. And this was a point in time when there was a lot of them going on out West. So we were getting hit with that smoke on that morning, which ended up making for some really cool photos, but I wouldn't suggest like hoping for that because it's really unfortunate and scary what those wildfires and what those smoke that smoke can do. So it all worked out, but it was quite an interesting morning and we just decided to make the best of it. <laughs> it was so... We got a lot of looks, I'll say, because I was in some kind of fancy dresses and boots with heels on them and like dancing around and at sunrise trying to get some just fun pictures and having fun with each other and making, again, the most of the moment that we could, even though it was not what we had planned. And they turned out really cool, in my opinion. So if you are kind of questioning what that looks like, go check it out on my Instagram account. You don't have to look very far. Um, they're some of my favorite photos that we take have taken to date, and that's honestly probably because of just how much fun it ended up being and how it was so unexpected to go the way it did. So that is this first part of the trip. In the next episode that I do on covering the two-week trip, I will be talking about more of Oregon and Montana and Wyoming. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed just kind of hanging out with me tonight and catching up with this road trip and some of the things that it reminded me of and taught me as well, because I have been having, you know, we, we can go so far and we can learn so much and it's easy to kind of forget the progress that we make. And it's easy to get off topic or fall off of our good habits. And this trip really helped me remind myself of my intuition, listening to myself, taking that time for self-care, what resting really looks like and how important that can be, how important it is to do the things that you love, like being in nature for me um, and seeing the people who really matter to you that light up your soul and the places that do that too. So I hope that this was an enjoyable, if not just different podcast for y'all to hang out with me with. Um, and I'm going to leave you with one other fun fact that may or may not be true depending on where you hear it or see it, but it's something that when I lived in Moab, it was fairly well known. So Delicate Arch in Arches National Park, when you actually look at it, it does not look delicate at all. Um, in fact, it's just a beautiful view all the way around and it's actually pretty thick, but there is an arch 
in Arches National Park that is very delicate and actually has been falling down and they don't predict it'll last too much longer. And that one is called Landscape Arch. And the theory goes that before Arches National Park opened, they accidentally switched the signs for those two arches, Delicate Arch and Landscape Arch. And they didn't notice it until the, the park had opened and they just never actually got around to switching it back. So again, depending on what source you go to, they'll tell you if it's true or not. But that was something, again, while I lived in Moab, was very, uh, one of the things the guides would tell pretty often. So take it as you will. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day and I can't wait to hang out with you next. Namaste.